Hey, I'm Mark DeGrasse with the In the Garage podcast with CarParts.com. I'm here with Alex Tush, and we're talking tools and uh, getting into repairs. It's actually a lot easier than people think. So we're going to talk about what you need, how to get started, and uh, you know how to become a uh, car guy or girl today. So welcome, Alex. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So I think that the common misconception is that mechanics were kind of born inclined to fix things, uh, but that's uh, that's not true. No, no. I was very inclined to take things apart, but did not know how to put them back together. <laughs> so uh, that's not, not always the case for sure. Uh, and I think the other misconception is that you need like a ton of tools. You need like you know, a whole kit and, you know, all the drawers are full and, uh, you know, organized well, uh, which doesn't have to be the, the case either. Yeah, no, I think that was my perception growing up. And I still have a ton of friends who go, well, I don't have the specialty tools needed. And it's really not the case. I mean, you can get all kinds of smaller sort of mechanic sets um, that have 90% of what you need. And I think most people would be sort of surprised by how little uh, number of tools you need to actually take an entire car apart. So um, yeah, it's a, it's something that's easily accessible. That's awesome. So let's just start with like a, a basic kit. Like what is, uh, what's in there and what are the tools used for, for just making basic repairs and modifications? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's, it's mainly sockets. Um, sockets are what are going to take apart again, 90% of the car. I think the big thing to know is whether you have a, a domestic car or European mm -hmm. or, or, um, import, whether it's going to be metric sockets or standard. Um, there's a lot of kits today that have both. I recommend having both just because you never know. You're going to um, lose one set. <laughs> you're probably going to lose some. And as most people know, 10 millimeter sockets seem to disappear pretty quickly. And most modern cars, like half the car is a 10 millimeter socket. So, um, yeah, I think that's really important. Um, you know, some basic screwdrivers, uh, maybe some pry bars, uh, depending on how old the car is, maybe some WD-40 or PV blaster. Mm. Um, but that's really all you need. That's awesome. Well, I think the, the other big fear people have is that they're going to break something mm -hmm. like, OK, I don't want to touch that panel because I'm going to break it and then I won't know how to fix it and and et cetera. Have you how did you kind of get over that that hump of like, I'm going to break everything? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's a couple of things there. One, the Internet is huge, right? Watching videos, reading articles, kind of getting a sense of, oh, these four people said to do it this way. That's probably a pretty good estimation. And then again, sort of the age of the vehicle, the older the car is sort of the more you can hammer on it uh, and not be as worried. And I started wrenching on older cars first. So that kind of got rid of the fear. I'm actually more scared with newer cars because there's so many plastic pieces, but that's where the shop manual, YouTube, you know, the internet in general really comes in, in handy. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. Cause you, you, you will be a lot more confident with that older car. Cause you're like, well, if I break it, there's probably one in a junkyard and I can find a piece. <laughs> yeah. And things tend to be rustier and you're going to need a breaker bar and you need some leverage and you know, you kind of don't need to shy away from it. Everything's bolted together. Whereas now things are sort of plastic snapped together and you can't always see where they connect. And so you're kind of prying, hoping it's going to pop out. Um, that always I don't know. It's scary a scary day. moment. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, oh, please. No, that's one of the things my dad always said was, you know, with electronics, like it never requires force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are cranking on something, there's a chance that you probably didn't either, you didn't take a piece off that you needed to, or it doesn't go like that. You're right. pulling the wrong direction. Or it's really old and rusty. <laughs> or it's old and rusty. And you do need to pull hard. Exactly. <laughs> So what are those situations? Uh, and you could uh, get started. Uh, let's say, you know, somebody's interested in kind of making those modifications, kind of getting into fixing cars. Uh, what would you say are kind of a list of basic maintenance things that they could work on to, you know, break the ice in terms of getting into it? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think 
sort of basic, let's call them tune-up things, mm -hmm. uh, changing out your air filter, doing an oil change, changing out your spark plugs, anything that is going to help your car run better, last longer. Um, those are relatively easy to do. Um, I usually tell people if it's a newer car, or even if it's a little older, uh, download the shop manual. It'll mm -hmm. explain everything, how to do it, the intervals with which you should do it. Um, I think that's a really good way to sort of get some confidence going and know that you can actually do this and it's not as scary as it might seem. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, and you know, the manuals, I, I think a lot of people think of books as being, oh, it's so outdated. I'll just go online. But uh, if you have tried to search for so something specific for a specific vehicle of a specific year, you'll find that it doesn't always show up online. Some people have not put that information on there. Mm -hmm. And so having the manual uh, is huge and actually reading it. Yeah, well, and I go back and forth because I often like to have the printed manual that I can have next to the car oh, and it's true. getting oily and dirty. And on the same note, I often download the PDF because sometimes you can click the table of contents and it'll take you right to the part of the, of the manual that you're looking for. So kind of go back and forth. So it really depends on how technically inclined you are. Mm. Um, I still like sort of feeling the, the manual and getting oh, it oily. Yeah. There's something about that that feels good. Yeah, well, and if you're wearing gloves or you have grease on your hands, like you aren't going to want to touch a computer or your phone yep. uh, because grease sticks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to clean my phone pretty routinely. Because that, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, the smudge isn't coming off. Yep. <laughs> no, so I, so books, uh, love that idea. And also just flipping through the pages and, and having it there, not having to turn your phone back on and, and all that kind of stuff makes a, makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say also just sort of researching your car in general. What are common issues? What do people run into? Um, again, with the internet, I'm always amazed at how many people have encountered the same issue. Mm -hmm. And so here's six people that have encountered the issue and have approached it six different ways or or all the same way. And so you kind of start figuring out, oh, okay, I really liked the way this guy approached it or this girl or, or hey, I didn't like any of these, but I now kind of understand what I need to do. And mm. that's always helpful to me. Yeah, well, and I think people just knowing that, you know, even – car guys and, and, you know, mechanics and people like that have to look stuff up. Mm -hmm. Like there's just no way around it unless you've worked on a million cars. But then at that point, you know, you're not going to be looking for anything in the first place. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the common misconception is that people have all the answers. And again, that shop manual is designed for the technicians at the dealership to take apart your car. So if you have that manual, you have the same resource they do. They might have a little more knowledge and experience, but it's, you know, nothing that you can't overcome. That's awesome. Well, now for, let's say they have the basic toolkit, uh, they've gotten into the basic repairs that, that you mentioned. Uh, what would you say is, is kind of that next level where you're saying, okay, now I want to get into power tools or I'm sick of using a breaker bar and my soccer wrench to, to take off a wheel. Uh, what are those kind of next level tools that you would recommend? Yeah, I think to your point, power tools and impact gun, whether it's pneumatic or electric, uh, I mean, it's also fun and makes cool noise and that's always a, a great thing. It's it faster. Um, <laughs> And then I think understanding, you know, how deep are you going to get into this hobby or your car? And that's where you can look at specialty tools and say, hey, is it worth me purchasing this tool because I think I'm mm -hmm. going to keep working on this car or other cars like it? Or a lot of places you can rent the tools. And maybe it's, hey, I'm going to go rent this tool and see if it's something I'm going to use again or if it's really just a one-off. I'll use it this one time and I can bring it back and I don't have to make the investment. So I think it's kind of case by case. You kind of look at what's in front of you. I think the biggest thing is having the confidence of like, hey, I can do this. I just need the right tools. And either I have most of what I need or maybe I need this other tool. Mm. And then to your point, I think oftentimes that specialty tool really is just a time saver. You can probably get it done with what you have, but maybe it takes an extra hour or two and maybe mm. you don't want that and you're willing to either invest in that tool or go rent it. And all of a sudden the project becomes considerably easier. 
Well, and a good point with that, just in terms of getting the right tool, and maybe it costs a little bit. Think of how much money you're saving from going to a mechanic. Because you go to a mechanic for, you know, say a $10 air filter change, and it costs you $100 somehow. It's like, no, just figure it out. And maybe it'll take a little bit of time. Maybe it'll take a little money to get the tool. But in the long run, you'll probably be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I sort of encourage people sometimes to call a local mechanic mm. or the dealership after they've done the thing themselves and say, hey, how much would it be to do this? And then you really get a sense of, oh, I really saved 400 bucks there. And even though I spent 50 bucks on this tool, totally worth it. So I definitely come across projects where I feel like I'm only going to use this thing one time, but it's still saving me money. And then years later, the next time that tool comes out, I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, I have it. It's here. I've made my money on this. This is great. It's a great feeling. Oh, that's that's. I don't think there's anything too much better than that. Being like, I know exactly how to fix this. I know the tool I need. I have the tool, and I know where that is. And now I can get the job done, and and I feel awesome. So yep. the only th you know the only exception to some of those rules is European vehicles. A lot of times have you know the BMWs, the Mercedes uh, have a little some nuances with both repair and then also the tools. Yeah, I haven't worked on a ton. I haven't enjoyed the experiences I have had when I've worked on them. Um, I think that's also where friends come in handy, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have friends that do have the tool and they're willing to show you or lend it to you. And you, again, you can assess whether or not it's something you really need or want. Um, or, you know, you make sure you buy that friend dinner and beers more often and then that tool is still available to you. So. Oh, I love that. Well, that goes into the kind of community side of, of working on cars, because uh, I think the more you get into it and the more you kind of do this, you know, research and networking online to find the answers, you'll find that there's a lot of people that, you know, have the same interests or the same problem and you could, uh, you know, lean on them a little bit. Absolutely. And I find a lot of friends who aren't as mechanically inclined, but just kind of love being in the garage mm -hmm. and helping out. And they are consistently surprised by how, not easy, but how straightforward it is. Mm -hmm. And so more often than not, they want to come over and help, even though they don't know what I'm doing or what we're getting into. But they're like, hey, I've got Saturday afternoon. I'm bringing my dirty clothes over and, and let's see what happens. It's like, great, let's do it. Oh, that's that's really good. Yeah, you know, so it's actually a community function at that point. Where mm -hmm. it's, and you get to learn something. Yep. I, I always love that too, where it's just like, I've never done that before. And before I have to do it, uh, I'm going to learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can break everything and, <laughs> yeah. and figure it out. J.C. Whitney is back. The original auto parts catalog, a garage staple and cultural cornerstone for over 100 years, is now a magazine. Whether you're a newcomer or a longtime gearhead, J.C. Whitney instills confidence by delivering expertly curated auto parts and a gateway to engaging community experiences, entertainment, resources, and inspiration. Learn more about the new J.C. Whitney at jcwhitney.com. Download the carparts.com app and accelerate convenience with access to over 850,000 auto parts at your fingertips. We make it easier to find the parts you need anytime, anywhere. Get it now on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Now, in that regard, you know, in terms of breaking things, um, do you have any tips in regards to when you do do a fix, how do you test it to make sure that it's going to work and, and not fail when uh, you need it to or when you're driving really fast? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. Um, I'd say the more uh, serious or severe the, the fix or what's broken that you're fixing is, the more you really need to be cautious and make sure you're doing everything to spec, torquing everything to the number it needs to be. Mm. Um, and then I'd say just proceeding with caution. So, you know, brakes is one that's very straightforward, but also very frightening. 
And so I'm always, you know, several times around the block, kind of faster and faster until I feel pretty confident, double checking everything. Um, you know, some people will go as far as uh, marking the bolts that they torqued so that when oh. you walk around, you know, hey, that line means I torqued that bolt. Um, and oftentimes if you torque it through the bolt and onto, say, the frame, you'll know if it turned because mm. you'll see that line change. So, um, again, it sort of depends on, on what you're doing. But, um, you know, caution is always advised. No, no, that's that's a great tip. Yeah. And just to, that few you know trips around the block, you know, you'd much rather find out there than on the freeway or you know, with kids in the car, yep. <laughs> there's yep. a bunch of worse situations than that. Yeah, absolutely. I've learned that the hard way a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I fixed this myself. And I, whoosh, yeah. Yep. Crash everything. Uh, I, I like how you mentioned about the torque though. Cause I think for, for most people, they think like torque means you go as tight as you possibly can and you don't stop until it doesn't move anymore. Uh, but it's not that at all. Yeah, no, I think I think a torque wrench is probably that next level item to get. Uh, most common repairs won't require it, but as you get to some bigger things, you definitely want to have it. Mm. Um, I think everything technically has a torque spec, and I don't know that every bolt really needs it. Um, but for the big stuff, for brakes, for anything around drivetrain, I, I think it's certainly worth having, and it's certainly worth looking up the spec, mm. kind of triple checking it. And then there's also a little sense of, uh, of safety, right, security. Like, okay, I know I torque that bolt, so you know, it should be good. Mm. No, and that's, uh, that's a good point too. Oh, I love how you mentioned about the, the marking the bolts too. Like, okay, this was done correctly. Just make sure you wipe that off before you do the next repair. Otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get rubbed off by itself. Yeah, exactly. It's probably fine. Yeah. Uh, now when it comes to performance, so let's say, okay, so we got through the basic maintenance. Now you're talking about, uh, you know, making some actual adjustments to, you know, timing of the engine or the CPU or, um, things like that. Uh, would you just have your work checked at that point or what's the best way to learn those aspects? That's a good question. Uh, I think trial and error, I'm always kind of an advocate for that, mm. depending on whether or not it's your daily driver or no, it's your mom's true. car or something to that effect. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you'd be surprised at how well you can get something dialed in on your own. And then to your point about, you know, speed and power, I think the, the more you're trying to turn up the wick, the more it probably makes sense to involve some professionals and some people that know what they're doing or a dyno or someone that's a whiz with, with computer tuning. Um, I personally haven't gotten that far yet, so I haven't crossed that threshold yet, but I think I'm getting closer every every year. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's awesome. And there's tons of resources online. And, and like you said, if you take it to a shop, especially a performance shop, a lot of those times the, they'll just let you watch when they fix the car. You know, I think one of the, uh, the guys were talking about featuring the JC Whitney magazine. Um, that's how he got into cars. It was like a year ago and he built this amazing car and he had never fixed anything prior mm -hmm. to this car and that the garage shop just let him come in and, and he oh, said, Hey, you don't have to pay me or anything, but if you let me, you know, watch, I think he traded them, uh, marketing services. Like, oh, nice. He said, Hey, I'll take pictures. I'll post, I'll tag you guys. Um, so if you are younger and inclined for marketing, I would definitely say, you know, offer that like, Hey, I'll just videotape this and Instagram, you know, yeah. and a lot of business owners don't even know that just how easy it is to do that or they just won't do it. Sure. You know? Me personally, like I'm terrible at doing that stuff myself just because I don't like pictures of myself. And that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a lot of people are like, what? That's what you do for them. Uh, but yeah, no, just, uh, you know, offer a trade or bring some donuts. Yeah. You know, I think you can do that with friends as well. If yeah. you know friends that are maybe more mechanically inclined or working on something, I do it all the time. Like, Hey, let me come over and help, help you out. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm an extra set of hands and I can learn from you as you're doing it. So, um, you know, that sort of like institutional knowledge is out there. You just have to find it. And again, a lot of it's online too, which is great. Yeah. 
Well, I will say if you're going to help your friends and I, I deal with this because I have a 10 year old son <laughs> where I'm like, go get me this tool. Uh, just learn your tools. Just look up a little chart. Learn a, you know, what a socket wrench is and a monkey wrench and all the different types of wrenches. And then uh, when somebody asks for you for that, uh, you'll feel a lot more confident and just basic car parts. Yeah, I think that's a great call. I also think putting your tools back is huge. Oh. It took me a long time to learn that, but putting them back in certain places, I used to think some friends were a little crazy with how they kept their toolbox. And now I, I totally get it. It's like, it's when so you funny. want the 10 millimeter, it's right where you left it before. And, you know, at the end of each you know session, I put everything away, know that it's out there because when I've left things, you know, at midnight, I'll come back tomorrow. I'm like, where's the socket? Where's oh. that? And, you know, there's a socket in the refrigerator and there's something out somewhere else. And it's like, oh, God, I got to this, this pocket or it's over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Do the laundry and you hear this clanking. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's something in oh, there. Yeah, oh, there's a 10 millimeter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, that's always been. I still do that though. I have like a Tupperware where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put all the things I use for this project in the Tupperware, and then I'll put it away later. And so I have like ten Tupperwares. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm big on on bagging and tagging. So like, oh. I'll take bolts out. I'll write down what they're from. Um, I just have terrible handwriting, so sometimes I come back and I'm like, squiggly line, squiggly line. Something. I don't know what that was yeah. from, but I think the truck's back together, so maybe I didn't need it. It's and, yeah. fine. Yeah, I'll keep these pieces for when I do figure out what <laughs> yeah, they exactly. went to. It's like, yeah, you're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, f fantastic tips. And, and like you said, I think it's really easy to get into you know, working on your vehicle, uh, gain some basic tools and, and finding out how to use them, and just using research and community online to you know, help you progress. Mm -hmm. So in terms of uh, when did you start? When did you start kind of getting into it? Oh, man, I was probably 21, so maybe 16, 17 years ago. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. And that was, what was your first car? Uh, I had a 1962 Chevy pickup. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I'd liked cars before, but really didn't understand how to work on them, kind of to what we were saying, like just fearful. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I bought that thing with the goal of, well, I got to figure this out now. Um, oh. And took some time to start kind of getting there. But buying a tool set was the first thing that sort of unlocked everything. It was like, oh, I have this tool, I can do this. And then again, learning from friends and going from there. And then eventually getting that attitude of, I can figure it out. You know, yes. it's, I think that was the biggest unlock to me that I don't have to have the knowledge, I just have to have the willpower to go try. And it's easier than it looks. Yeah, uh, just a little bit of time. And, and really, it becomes a hobby. And so it's more than just, hey, I know how to fix a car now. It's like, no, you just unlocked a whole new skill set that mm -hmm. is super useful. And very few people have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. How many people don't know how to use anything? Yeah. Shocking amount. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, people our age, too, are just like, wait what you don't yeah. have a toolkit at all <laughs> how, does, how does that work my dad would kill me yeah exactly yeah i know i come across that quite frequently um, and i'm always trying to encourage people it's like hey look look it up online it's really yeah, probably easier than you think give it uh, a shot yeah you know but you know it's people have what they want to do with their time and money and effort and i can't disparage that but i try to encourage yeah, well, and the other issue I think people have is that from a marketing perspective where you have a company that came out with this car part and they say, hey, it has to be done like this. And then a lot of the disclosures they're making are just kind of, you know, covering their butt because sure. you have to do those disclosures. Mm -hmm. And so I think people, you know, internalize those warnings like, okay, don't do this. Don't do the wrong torque. Don't do blah, blah, blah. And I think that kind of scares people away too. But sure. I think conversely, there's a lot of car parts that show up with no instructions. <laughs> and you know, that's where sites like carparts.com that have a ton of videos out there make it really great because, Hey, I know how to change my brake pads on my F-150 because there's a very clear video that explains it. Whereas I just got some pads that showed up in a box and 
I don't know no what I'm supposed idea. to do with these. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and just for the, if you don't have any tools, I would say just doing a repair, you'll need the tools. And so you might not even need to get the kit. Just keep on building up your tool set as you make those repairs that require those things. Yep, absolutely. You're good to go. And then the rental if you need it and not getting a BMW if you don't want special tools. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a great, great advice. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I think, uh, you know, this has been a great introduction into fixing your car, how to get into the community, how to, you know, start using tools and finding out, uh, you know, what they do, which uh, don't be shy about it. That, you know, like we said, there's so many people that don't know anything. And yeah. it's, if you just try, you'll figure it out and you'll feel a lot better. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me. That's uh, I think that's a good message to end on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And thank you for listening. If you want more content like this, be sure to check out our podcast at carparts.com.